Welcome to the 1000 Club Podcast, where we believe that behind every woman, there's a tribe chanting, yes! We call our tribe the 1000 Club, and every other Thursday, we invite you into our VIP section to chat, console, shoot the breeze, or inform. Find us everywhere, including Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook, and remember to follow us on all socials at 1000 Club. So today's episode is how it started versus where it's going or how's it going. Um, and we're going to get real raw and relevant today with y'all. Like we're going to go there. We're going to really go there with um, where we all started and individually and as a collective, mm-hmm. as the 1000 Club. And just kind of um, where we are today with our friendships, with our lives. So we're going to get into it. And hopefully what we say today will inspire um, anything that you're going on, that's going on with your friendships um, and just your lives in general. So let me just say, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know our story, you can go back to our season one. You can go back to episode one and episode two, where we touch a little bit um, on our story in both episodes. Um, And we're going to go into that today. But um, my version of how we all started. (laughs) My version of how we started. Is that um, I knew Rashana from a church ushers organization from when we were younger, and then um, she moved to DC. I'm from the DMV, and we went out. Well, I think we had went out a couple of times, but we had went out one night, and Courtney came, and I met Courtney. Um, Rashana and Courtney were graduate students at American University in DC, and we just had a good night. And the rest is history. So I let them tell their own stories um, as we get into it. But I want to start, I asked the ladies to come with a drink, it could be alcoholic or non, that um, is reminiscent of the year that we first all hung out, which was 2012. Um, And they're going to tell us the name of their drink because I asked them to give it a name and explain the drink, like why you chose the ingredients, why you chose the name. So I'll start with Rashana. Okay, so I chose Ginger, and I know it's not like a catchy name, um, but this is ginger ale, uh, just on ice. Oh, I was like, I was like, you're drinking just ginger. I was like, but but I actually do drink ginger water, so it's not it Ooh. would not be weird for me to just have ginger water. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I did this is because number one, I'm trying to uh, slow down on the drinking. And so I wanted, initially, I wanted to make like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a frozen multicolored margarita. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because that reminded me of Aleros, which is where we met. Mm-hmm. As uh, Christy said, that's the when we first hung out, we went to Aleros. And they are known for their, I don't know what they're called, but like a twisted margarita. And you can put two flavors together, three flavors or whatever. And so that's an issue I, I was going to make. But then I decided to go with Ginger because it made me think of Spice Girls Ginger. And she Ginger Spice is my favorite Spice Girl because 
yes, because she has always been like equally sassy. She has been, um, she's uh, kind of classy, more like Clatchet, you know, before we knew what Clatchet was. Um, and, and that's what, that's what reminded me of, you know, 2012, where it was like a shakeup for me. I just moved to the DMV in 2012. And I was like sassy and I was sophista ratchet. And as Christy said, going to grad school and having friends with all different per- or making new friends, I should say, um, with all different personalities like a Spice Girls. And then lastly, of course, the ginger ale, because it's the black people's medicine. You know, it's right up there with like Vaseline and cocoa butter. Like it just heals everything. And um, I feel like, or I know that is what the 1000 Club was for me in 2012. Mm -hmm. It was definitely the medicine for everything, all the, you know, the spice Mm -hmm. of my life um, Mm -hmm. that I was going through, all the things great, all the Mm -hmm. things that weren't so great. Yeah. So that's That's the name of your drink. Ginger. Ginger. Okay. Okay. That's cute. Yeah. Courtney. Um, so I don't know if I have a name for this. <laughs> Didn't think all the way that through, but I have an explanation. Follow direction. <laughs> I am that one person and there's always one in the group. Um, so I have coffee with Hennessy in it. Oh, um, I have a little thing. I had a little thing of Hennessy and I put it in my coffee. Um, and 2012 was like the year I think I drank the most Hennessy in my life. <laughs> and it was after I moved to DC. So every time I think of I drink that, I think about like us going out and just turning up and having a great time. And we're always doing like Hennessy shots and always like that was the drink. I don't think I ever mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a bad thing, guys. Not that um but I chose coffee because I want to say we put you on the Hennessy. Well, y'all ain't put me on to Hennessy. <laughs> Courtney is like, let's be clear. <laughs> said that she had. She I have never drank like I had had it every now and then. Twenty twelve. What were you drinking before? Tequila, like tequila, okay. like clear liquor. Like I wasn't really drinking Hennessy. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't drinking dark liquor. Period. Like that. So mm-hmm. I would say you put me on. To dark liquor. I will give you that. I will give really? the one. That. Yes, yes. I didn't drink it that much in college and um undergrad. Which I drink. Okay, go finish, finish because I have a question about what y'all did at Virginia State. But <laughs> no, okay. So before we go on, I personally just never drank it. It wasn't that people oh. didn't drink it. I mm-hmm. was just always drinking tequila or vodka, which is why I don't drink vodka now. But I was more of a tequila person when I moved to DC and met Christy and Roshana. I was drinking a lot of Hennessy and that's what we happened to be drinking when we were going out. <laughs> um, but I have coffee because I remember 2012, we were in grad school and we, I was telling Shana, I feel like we always found time to go out and have a good time. Like we always figured out how to fit that in our schedule. And I was drinking like coffee nonstop the next day. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to recover. I was trying to stay awake. I was trying to go to work. So I just remember like that always being like my power through, like my push through was coffee. Like we go out until 2 a.m. the next morning, eight o'clock, I'm drinking coffee. (laughs) Um, So that's why I picked this. And also because 
it's warm and it feels good. And that's what our friendship was in 2012. It was just warm and it felt good. And it was, and not say that's not that now. I don't want to, <laughs> we're not there now. But when we first met, it was just something that was really good for my soul. And mm. it also makes me feel warm and good. And so do y'all. Oh, y'all all deep. I don't know if my drink is bad. Huh? Does your shirt say Boston? It, it does. <laughs> you can't see it fully on camera. My shirt says Boston and my coffee. My greatness. Coffee survival in a cup. Huh? I said, do not hide the greatness. Christy, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, my drink, I have two names that I thought of. Y'all tell me which one y'all like best. So, the first one was Shenanigans and Tea. I always said if I wrote a book, it would probably be BS Shenanigans and Tea. Um, so, that's the first one. The second one is 1000 Tea. Um, and what's in here is whiskey and Earl Grey tea. With a little women slice. Um, this is my secret to a fancy ass drink. So, shenanigans and tea, because I, one of my friends um, back then will always be like, What shenanigans have you gotten into lately? Um, and so, shenanigans usually has like a negative connotation. I was getting into some good, you know, mischief back in the day. Um, I don't know so much about 2012 because I was in a relationship then, but when that relationship ended, I surely was getting into some good mischief. Um, so, so, um, so yeah, so it reminds me of 2012 because I was like going out, having fun. Um, as we said, we all kind of connected over a night of fun. Um, I think it was a random night and we kept having those nights. And I think at that time of my life, um, I was having a good time, but then I was also, like I said, in a relationship. So, but the relationship was ending. So I was starting to go out more and I was starting to, you know, um, to have more Fun. Not that I wasn't having fun in a relationship, but I was starting to hang out more with friends. And then um, the tea, because I love tea. I don't know that I had such a love for it back then. Um, maybe I had just started my love affair with tea um, in 2012. Um, but the tea kind of represents a little bit more of the me now um, because I don't go out as much. And I'm not like that random party goer as much anymore. Um, and so the, the tea is just kind of reflective of my life now. It's a little more um, slow and um, and not as like random and fast paced as it was back then. And then the whiskey, I don't know if I was drinking whiskey like that back then. I think I was. I know I was not drinking no white liquor, um, but the whiskey because your girl loves whiskey. So mm -hmm. That's Chris, ever since I've known you, you drink you drink tea. Like I've never okay. known you okay. not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could never remember. I like say, I feel like I feel like you did drink tea, but I feel like I remember you expressing your love for it. Probably, maybe like <clears throat> right before you went to Tanzania or something. Mm. Um, that's, that's when I. Right. Yeah, that's when I remember like. I mean, you did drink tea, but that's when I remember you being like, oh, I really love tea. 
and I want to try different types of teas and, you know, really like mm-hmm. exploring your love for it. That's, that's what I remember. I remember hearing it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we kind of talked a little, a little bit about like where we were. Y'all talked more about where y'all were in 2012. So I want you all to um, individually set the scene of where you were in your life at that time. Um, what, you know, what were you doing? I know you all were in graduate school, but like, what were your goals? What were your aspirations? What was your love life like? What were your friendships like? Like set the scene. Tell us what 2012 was like for you. And I'll start with Courtney this time. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Um, y'all had the questions in advance. So y'all. I know, I know, I know. But like, if y'all, y'all, for those. Well, let's out. (laughs) Okay. So set the scene 2012. Um, Like we had stated, I had just moved to DC. I started grad school. Um, I had just ended a relationship. Like. A month before I had moved to DC. So I was newly single. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just happy to be the F out of Virginia. <laughs> I, was like, I was just really happy to be out of Virginia. Um, and I was really, I was nervous, but I was also excited about like what DC could bring. Because, and I, I don't know if I touched on this before, but when I first moved to DC, I worked on Capitol Hill for a little bit. So like, I was very, like all of my goals were tied to politics and, and all of that. So that's what I was trying to do um, my first year of grad school. Uh, I was nervous because I didn't have, I didn't have any friends. <laughs> so I was like moving there by myself, like friends in the area. I didn't have any friends in the area. I was moving there by myself. And I actually would go to back to Virginia and see my college friends a lot that mm-hmm. first year. Like mm-hmm. I was going there at least once a month um, because I just didn't find, I hadn't felt like I needed to have that because I didn't know how to make friends until mm-hmm. like, until I met you guys. And then I kind of like was able to make friends. Um yeah no no no. that's true that's true so um I was I, and I was also broke as shit like <laughs> I was poor guys tell it's us where you were living because I, like, I know the DMV Courtney was living good okay <laughs> I was living in Bethesda I had the audacity and let me tell you why I was also nervous so like like when I knew I was going to go to grad school, wait, let me back up just a little bit. I know this is a lot. So just, and just you need to talk about how you were broke in Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I had came up to, to visit American with the guy I was dating at the time. And we had came up and the plan was like, we were going to move to DC. And then we had a falling out and I was just like, what the hell am I going to do? So I had to go on, you know, like the, like the, blackboard sites where you could find roommates you could find this you could find that um I went on there and I was trying to find a roommate and someone to live with and at first I didn't want a roommate because Chanel my roommate in college was so great I was like I don't ever want to try to recreate that like I just want to live by myself I also wanted to live by myself for a little bit because that was just fun but um I was supposed to move in with Sai. <laughs> But she wasn't going to be in D.C. early enough for us to move in together. So 
I found Kenzie. <laughs> and Kenzie wanted to live in Bethesda. <laughs> because Kenzie is also Kenzie with black card. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Kenzie had a black card. Okay. And I was just like, now, number one, if you know me, like, I love stuff that I can't afford. So the apartment was amazing. And I was just like, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Um, my half of the rent was $17.50. That did not include parking. That did not include, like, cable. None of that. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. And I just remember, like, my first month paying rent, I was just, I had this closet. And I would sit in the closet and cry. Because I was, I was so broke. I don't know who the hell I thought I was living in Bethesda. Um, but it was a nice experience. I'm glad that my friends got to experience my apartment in Bethesda. <laughs> Because it was really nice. Um, it was nice. I don't think I had ever really been to Bethesda before coming to visit you. <laughs> I don't, I mean. I was I like, yes. heard of <laughs> Never heard of it. It was um, nice. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. So, yeah, in 2012, I was, I was also on this journey of, like, re-finding myself. Like, I was just. I, like I said, I was going through a lot just personally, but then professionally I had aspirations, you know, grad school was a lot. And then you working and going to school and try to figure stuff out. And because I lived in Bethesda, I had to work like three jobs <laughs> just to pay my rent. So it was a lot. Mm. Um, but I still found time to go out with my friends, which I was really always happy that I did that because I feel like I have a lot of memories and sometimes I feel like my memories cross. Like I'll be like, Rashana, we did this. And she's like, no, that's, that wasn't then. That was this, <laughs> this time. Um, but yeah, 2012 was like <clears throat> a year of redefining and like finding myself. I had just cut my hair. I had chopped all my hair off. Um, I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be. And I ended up in DC. That was a lot. That was like a roundabout way of answering your question. I don't know if I answered your question. But you did. You did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So 2012, I moved here in July 31st, 2012. Um, and uh, it was, I had just come off a year of working. So I graduated in 2011, spring 2011 from the illustrious Tuskegee University. And I went home for a year because my aunt told me that I needed to work so that I could actually have a decent paying job. And that, you know, in that market, um, I'm glad she gave me that advice because people I know that just went straight had harder times finding good employment because it's like, as jobs say, you got to have experience before you have experience or whatever, you know? And so I had went. And I had worked for a year in Boston, went back home. Um, I always knew that I wanted to live in the DMV. Initially, I wanted to live in Virginia because um, every other summer, my family and I would go down to Virginia Beach to visit my family there. And I loved Virginia Beach. And then when I went to school in Alabama, I loved Alabama. I loved the South. But there was just, I needed in between, right? Because I'm a city girl. And when I was looking for jobs, things that interest me, because I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I think people back home know that I'm in D.C. And many of them think that I'm a lawyer or I'm in politics because that is 
what they saw in me, you know, and I could, I, I see where they can see that. And I feel like I'm still um, politics and justice adjacent, you know, uh, but definitely not a lawyer, definitely not a politician. And so um, prior to coming down here, I came down for a American recruiting event because initially I was trying to go to University of Maryland. Similar to Courtney's story, I was dating someone who graduated a year before me. And um, yeah, I encouraged him to come to DC because I was like, yeah, that's where I want to go. And the idea was um, I wanted to go to a school that was basically near his house. And so I literally put his address in the GPS and just looked at stuff that was near where um, where he lived, which is in Gaithersburg. And so that did not last, but I still have my dream of coming to D.C. So 2012 was really about proving myself um, and proving to myself that I could do it on my own. It was also about proving um, to him because he did not believe that I could go to American University, like get into American University. Why? I have no clue because not like my grades were shitty. Um, in college at all, but um, I was going to prove to him that I could do it, you know, and that I could be at one of the top schools in the country and be successful and be great. Um, I wanted to prove to my family, uh, primarily my parents, that I didn't need them, mm-hmm. you know, that I could, I could do it myself. Um, so yes, yeah, so I would say that was the mindset that I was in in 2012 was just really mm. proving that I could do it, proving that I was good, proving that um, I was independent and just proving, yeah, showing all the haters wrong. Um, you know, yeah, showing all the haters wrong, mm. uh, even people who... And y'all might know this story, but when you go to an HBCU, people think that your education is less than. And so mm-hmm. an American university is not going to be looking at you. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so it was also proving that and proving to American university that I am a student. I am a graduate of an HBCU and I got a damn good education and I mm-hmm. deserve to be here at American with all these white folks. Mm-hmm. You know? um, mm-hmm. and. No, I'm not. I'm not a student where mommy and daddy are paying my rent. You know, I had to come here and pay my own rent. I didn't have a job when I came here. I lived with one of one of my sorority sisters. Her parents. She had just told her parents that I wanted to move here, and her mom just randomly called me one day and offered me six months to live at her house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have the the luxury you know, of uh, being able to take the internships and things like that, uh, because I had to work full time, I had to go to school, and I had to intern full time, or, mm-hmm. you know, about 20 hours a week, whatever was required. And so that was, I would say, the mindset that I was in, is that mm-hmm. I, I was definitely proving myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, we're going to go over where we are now, but it's just interesting to hear like your mindset back then and where you are now and how much you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, you, you definitely was like, you showed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. 2012 for me. So, um, I just thought about it while you all were talking that I had gotten my master's in 2011. So I also think that's another reason why I was out partying so much because I wasn't, <laughs> really, I wasn't really doing it for about Freedom. a year. <laughs> so yeah, so I had gotten my master's in December, 2011. Um, I had mentioned I was in a relationship. I think we were in our third year of the relationship. Um, and so I think that's another reason, like if it wasn't school, it was, I was spending time with my boyfriend at the time. So, and even though we were still together, I, we were distancing, our lives were going in two different directions. So um, I started, you know, just hanging out and living life. Um, I was also, I was living with my parents at the time, but I was um, in the process of um, buying a house or I was looking for a house. Earlier in 2012, I had put in an offer um, that fell through. And so I had started the process again. And I don't remember what month it was that we all hung out. Maybe it was the August. summer or fall. It was like August. August. So. September. I feel it like was September. Because you all were in school already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we started in August. If it was September, it, might, it had to be like the first week in September. Yeah. Okay, so if it was around that time, little did I know I was going to soon have um, an, an offering and be under contract for uh, my first home. So um, that was an exciting time because it was like, you know, I, you know I'm going to be moving into my first home. My goal had been to, when I was 21, to um, buy a house by... 26 and I was 26 at the time. So, um, I missed the mark on that goal, but shortly after, you know, I wanted to accomplish that. Um, so I had just started working for the government. I was a government contractor prior to getting hired in June of that year as an actual government employee. So things were kind of looking up because, you know, everything after like graduating, um, and getting my master's. It was like, you know, professionally, I'm elevating, um, like I said, in the process of buying my first home. Um, but relationship wise, it was like, I think it was, a, it was with someone who I could see going the distance with. But the more things changed in my life, I wanted different things. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think I, I was kind of grappling with that as far as, okay, this relationship is not turning out how I thought it would be. I thought that I would be um, married in my 20s. I thought probably I was going to have kids in my 20s and I'm 26, soon to be 27. And it looks like I'm taking a step back in the terms of relationship and not taking a step forward. So um, that's where I was. I mean, I was having a good time. I was living life. I had met you all. Um, and you were like, two more people I could go out and have fun with. And, you know, and then the friendship uh, grew from there. Um, 
But yeah, uh, that's pretty much the scene for me. I can't think of anything else in 2012. I was going to say, so one thing that I think Rashana and I realized on one of the episodes, and now I'm also realizing with Christy, was we were all coming out of a relationship in some way mm. that may have like connected us. Like as mm. we were refinding ourselves, like Rashana, you're talking about, you know, proving, proving this person wrong. I'm talking about, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to figure it out. And Christy's like, my life is moving from in a different direction and my relationship is not sustaining. Like I didn't mm. even realize that we all were in that space. I never realized that either. In 2012, <laughs> which could also be why, you know, we, we kind of like, just gravitated and, and ran with it because we were all, you know, enjoying trying to figure it out again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I never realized that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think with specifically with Christy, Christy was like some grounding for me because I didn't necessarily trust people that I was associated with here in the very beginning and people that watch this don't feel no way about it. I love most of y'all now. Um, but I didn't trust those people because of, you know, I didn't really speak much about what happened during that breakup. And, you know, people received misinformation and concocted their own stories about it. And so particularly when it came to my Tuskegee alumni group and also my blue and white, you know, the Zetas and the Sigmas. I didn't know what they knew and what they had been told. And so I was really distrustful, um, uh, you know, just making those friends because I kind of wanted to just start new, you know, and I never felt, I never wanted to, I'm not a drama person. Anyone knows me, I'm not, I'm not drama. Um, I'm confrontational when necessary, but I don't like drama. And so, um, yeah, I never felt the need to like speak out on the messed up stuff that happened. But I also knew that many of these people just had their own stories and I don't want people asking me a bunch of stuff, especially because moving here, we did end up in the same city, you know? Um, and so Christy was like a piece of, home like she was somebody that I knew that was unassociated with that and so having her was just like okay I know she don't know this so I can just be Rashana, you know mm -hmm. and I like Chrissy said we kind of orbited I would say around each other in the church ushers association but had never really hung out and so that was also I think what gravitated me to Christy because it was like, okay, like, like Chrissy said, I don't even know if we even had even had a conversation before I randomly mm -hmm. hit her up on Facebook, you know, and to think that you've known somebody since you were 12, that you've probably never said more than two words or liked the status or something to, you know, for me, it was just like, well, is there anybody that, that I have here? Because the people that I did know here, I didn't trust coming here. So that was, mm. um, so that was also, and then Christy was a good tour guide for the city. Like she really knew what was popping, you know, <laughs> where we could go. And so I didn't have to like, you know, figure that out on my own. I could call Christy and she'd be like, yeah, we doing this or, 
the you know the Aggies they doing this kickback <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a lot oh my gosh going out during the work week and getting yes. up early in the morning yes. yeah I was I was out in the streets yeah like so that was yeah that that was that was a godsend during that time mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. yeah So I want to get into where we were in 2012 and then progressing to now. um, And then I think we'll also transition into where we are individually as we talk about where we were then. So Roshana, you can put up the picture. This was from that infamous night. That random night where we first all hung out together. Oh, okay. So, so since we're talking about this, I don't remember exactly what happened that night i think i confuse it with another <laughs> night that we went out but i remember the outfit but i just don't remember everything that happened i remember aleros and that's it <laughs> i can remember pretty vividly i remember aleros i remember going to that other spot that plays caribbean music right i don't yep, remember the name of it it's changed around it's, it's down it's, i forget how it's now it's downstairs um yeah, mm-hmm. it's changed names since then. Off of U Street, right. I remember us ending up at some guy's house. Okay, so the guys, <laughs> yeah, two cues oh. that we met outside of Valero's, and yes. they were just like, "Oh, y'all want to still hang out?" And <laughs> Courtney had the car. I don't know if I drove or Christy drove um, that oh, night, man. but I, Courtney was like, "I'll drive," and it was just like, "You will." <laughs> hey, Mind you, this was my first time meeting Courtney. <laughs> well, not my first time meeting her. My first time hanging out with her, and I was like, "Okay." And they lived actually by your church. Uh huh. They were right across the street from my church, yeah, and it was a right Saturday night. Church. Yeah. And I remember I was just like, "I should just stay here." It's like, should not at the guy's house, but yeah. I was I like, know. "I should just stay here so I could just go to church." Because I think we were there until like. Four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and I remember um, they had like a really nice apartment because on yeah, the outside, it was really it was like nice. Some projects, like if you're from Boston, I was like, oh, uh, uh-uh, they live in some projects, uh, uh-uh. uh. And then, but when you went in there, I, you know, I learned now that DC was gentrifying at that time, mm-hmm. and so they probably were projects at some point, but they had recently <clears> renovated <throat> them, and it was kind of like a little step and like open area. Like I, I was, it was just. It was really dope. And we went there, we played games. Um, and before, prior to that, Christy and I were hanging out already. Because mm-hmm. we had, because we had, I don't know if we went out to eat or what happened, but it was like. I know we had went to that club where we took a picture with some white girls. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That, that was our first time hanging out. But this night specifically, we have oh. went out. I think we were out a little bit earlier than Courtney because I believe Courtney mm-hmm. was coming, oh, yeah. hanging out with Kenzie and friends. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the anxiety that I had of like meeting someone, like hanging out with someone new. As I said, like I was really coming into DC in a very like I ain't trusting nobody kind of space, you know. Um, and Christy just thought the day she, Christy was just like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. You know, like, like really just trying to calm my anxiety again. Mm-hmm. It was something I was going to ask. Oh, I wonder why we even were like, let's take this picture. 
I think maybe the guys took the picture. The guys, guys took the picture. The guys Did we took ask him to take the picture? I don't know if we asked him. I feel like I feel like I feel like at some point someone gave him our phone. Mm-hmm. And maybe we were like exchanging numbers and probably just like, oh, take a picture of us. Mm-hmm. But the guys definitely took a picture because there's two, there's two, there's a couple pictures from this night. Oh, oh I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, this might have been my phone. So I feel like, yeah, I have, I have a couple pictures from this night. All right. So um, <laughs> where were we? As a group, I mean, of course, not this night because we were just forming. But um, back then, 2012, 2013, or whatever, until uh, well, not getting into now, but like, where were we in our formation of the 1000 Club? Um, you know, how are you all's friendship? Because you all are closer, your best friends. Like, how did that progress? Let's get into it. Let's get real raw relevant. <laughs> Um, I think, I think exactly what you just said that night, we were definitely just in formation. Um, and I think that we were the trio for a long time. Um, yeah, Courtney and I weren't best friends at this point. Uh, but there's, there is something that I've always said when I met Courtney, it was like, I've known her in another life. Like that, it was just like instant. Um, and so I think Courtney and I probably were able, I think we were able to build our friendship outside of the trio because we were in grad school together. And um, not only were we in grad school together, but we had the same major. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and there, it was just us two, meaning Black people <laughs> in our program. And so we instantly, I think, gravitated to each other coming off of, like, that's how also, because how I gravitated towards Psy and how you ended up realizing, oh, that's Psy, mm-hmm. was because there was some sort of event and, you know, Psy was one of the only other ones in the room and she had, she said she went to, uh, where'd she go, Clark Atlanta? She went to some school in Atlanta, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we it was. We had all said that was the thing, we all went yeah, to. I don't think it was Spelman. I think she went to Clark Atlanta, but, like. Um, we were all like, okay, we're HBCU girls. We knew exactly what we were going up against, what people would think. And so um, I think that grounding uh, helped Courtney and I's relationship. And then Courtney is from Rhode Island. I'm from Boston. And so we immediately had that connection. And so we were together a lot because we were in class every week (laughs) at the same time. We had the same assignments. So it would be like, even on the weekends, like, come on, let's just knock this homework out. We, when we had to do group projects, we always decided to work in the same group. And I think our schedules were similar because mm-hmm. Courtney was also a working student. And so mm-hmm. she was a good person. Like, it wasn't weird for us to be up on a week, on a weekday at one or 2 a.m. studying for something because that's the time that was available for us. Mm-hmm. So I would say, that is probably, yeah, I would say then that would that was probably what i what I remember, but yes, we definitely connected because my birthday somehow I was in Bethesda, and um, <laughs> I, yeah, my birthday, I was in Bethesda, and I was like getting dressed at her house, and part of that though, right. let me say this, let me say this, 
part of part of me being at Courtney's house was because where I was staying, they did not like when I came in late. Yeah, I don't know if y'all remember, but I had already had an instance where, you know, because I came in late, I was like sleeping in the car, um, waiting until the morning to get in. And so mm. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. I think I vaguely remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going out, I need to crash somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first night when I went out, Christy, um, that was actually the night. Christy, <laughs> Christy, mm. dropped me off. Christy dropped me off and I, and I couldn't get in. And then the second day I didn't want to do that. And so I had asked Courtney if I could stay at her house. Mm-hmm. And then and she I never left. I never left because she had such a nice place. I hated the tickets. I hated the tickets over there. Yeah. I had to learn the, the, you know, the lay of the land in D.C., as y'all know, even though Bethesda is Maryland. But, you know, if you know anything about that area, you got to learn how to park because I got so many tickets <laughs> Um, yeah, so I would, I would say that is probably what, what connected us. And then as we got more into the school year, it was, we would still hang out with Christy, but it wasn't as much during the week. Like Christy said, she was going out during the week. Mm. Number one, I have no money to do that. (laughs) Courtney and I were going out once a week on Fridays doing the two for one. Two for twenty, two for twenty, something. Oh, that's appetizer we gonna get this week. Last time we got fried green beans this week, like, like so. I we were not in the same financial place as Christmas (laughs) in our lives like that. Uh, (laughs) And during the week, we had night classes. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think that's probably where um, Courtney and I became closer because just Mm -hmm. the way our schedules and the way our pockets were working. We could not keep up with Miss Christie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We laughed about that. She was also traveling, she was doing like weekend trips, and it was like, oh was yeah. yeah, 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 like, mm. yeah. Christy was always on the move. Yes. Yeah. Well, especially when I was still in a relationship, because we would do a lot of like weekend trips. Um, and then, yeah, when I came out of it, I was. Still out in them streets, still partying. I was still outside. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also had a good group of y'all that were all kind of in the same place, you mm-hmm. know, like um, just like getting into like your good careers and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, definitely being on the DC scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also say, I think one thing that, um, gravitated us and I, I think I told Rashana that she was like a big part of this but Christy too I feel like you guys were the first friends I ever made outside of college where I didn't feel like I had to be something like I had to or I didn't feel judged like I remember my birthday and Rashana inside being there <laughs> and it was it was it was a rough <laughs> it was a rough birthday. was I there no, you no. we weren't. I forget where you were. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you weren't there because I remember it was a long. It was a long weekend. <laughs> it was a long weekend. But um, you know who was there, Demetrius? Side note. 
What? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Where was it at? They had gotten a hotel, you know, like when you're coming off um the third street tunnel and uh-huh. there is a um what is that? A Chipotle or something like but like Bus Boys and Poets is right mm-hmm. there in the corner. Mm-hmm. And on the next street, there's like a Hampton Inn or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. They were at that hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was funny because I remember telling my mom this. I was like, I don't ever feel pressure to like have to be something or do something when I go out with them. Like I can just go out and like we have a good time. We all enjoy each other. And it never felt like. It never felt hard. Like, it never felt like it was work. It was just kind of like, this is fun. Like, this fits. Like, it feels good. Um, So that's also where I feel like, you know, like Roshana said, we did spend a lot of time together. Like, like, uh, we did. Like, she'd be at my house and Ken would be like, you're still here? (laughs) Hey, girl. (laughs) Um, um, And then when I moved to, to College Park, then... I think you had just moved to Suitland Towers or something, maybe like the year, maybe so like a little bit. I, yeah, Towers. Yeah, I, moved, I was like, dang, y'all had to say my whole way I live. But I'm sorry. <laughs> I lived, I, I moved January 24th or 23rd into my place. Yeah. 2013. Mm-hmm. And because I remember that because I moved, I believe, on a Saturday and Christy moved into your house the very next day on the mm-hmm. Sunday. Um. Yeah, what I, I, yeah, yeah, that's College Park. I feel like I did not come to, oh yeah, no, I was at College Park, because College Park is the one that had that kind of ginger smell. What? Like, <laughs> like, like the hallway or something, like. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Like a ginger, something, like a spice. <laughs> it was something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <like> something. Smell. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't. I don't think I came. I came, I don't think I really came to College Park a lot. Mm. Yeah, mm. I remember I came for your birthday. I came a couple times, but not really. Not really. That's also when you got into another relationship too, though. So yes, that is true. That also, that also was around that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. That was that was there. Mm-hmm. Also, what I would say that I loved about Christy and our like our friendship in terms of the One Thousand Club is that I feel like I still had like we were the One Thousand Club, but I still had my friendship with Courtney, and then I had my friendship with Christy, and mm-hmm. I actually appreciated that because I am a person that mixes friends a lot, but then once they mm-hmm. mix, I'm kind of like damn, now we got to mix all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And there's mm-hmm. like certain things that like I will talk to Christy about that I won't talk to Courtney about and vice versa. You know what I mean? So it was just like, dang, okay. But even though we still hung out together, mm-hmm. still like, you know, I still had my friendship with Christy and Christy, I could do like, Christy and I would like go out to eat. We'd always find some new restaurants. Mm-hmm. We'd go shopping. Um, you know, like kickbacks, um, mm-hmm. flooring, random nights, you know, mm-hmm. like so like I had I I I I even feel like like I said, I feel like Courtney and I's relationship was much more based on grad grad school, like, you know, in that schedule in the very beginning. And Christy and I's relationship was really like 
exploring, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. and, and having having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, um, so I'm a person and this is something that I'm realizing even now since I've moved is like I can pretty much connect with anybody. I can pretty much like, get along with anybody, um, especially if we have a love of like similar things. And so I think for you all, it was like, you know, we definitely connected on going out and just exploring the DMZ. And I think we were all single at one point. So in like connecting on dating and, you know, um, just kind of our shared um, goals of like marriage and or getting into a relationship first and then like marriage. And so I think we all really connected on that. And and yes, and Jesus, yes, like because we. Cause you know we so went. Funny? Just really quickly, um, the when we went to that midnight thing at church mm, for New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. that, that was, was awesome. I've never done that. Mm. I've never done that before, ever. <laughs> You've never been to a watch night. Never, I've never been to a watch night ever in my life. Mm. That was my first time going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we connected on a lot, just like faith. Um, partying, <laughs> exploring randomness, a love for randomness. Like we connected on a lot. And I think, I think you two were my newest friends at the time. A lot of my friends I had from middle school, high school and college, um, and then work. And so you two were like the friends that were outside of all of those phases in my, my life. Um, but also match the current phase that I was in where, like I said, I was, very much into exploring and going out and having a good time, just like enjoying life. I would say, you know, like it really started the 1000 phase of my life, right? Like once we got together, because um, I had friends who I wasn't necessarily able to do that with because they were married themselves or they had children. And so I was in a different phase for some of my friends, but for you all, like I was able to do more and explore more. Um, and so that's one of the things that I realized, and I'm going into maybe like the now, right? That's one of the things that I'm realizing with my friends who like our foundation of friendship is based on like seeing each other and going out and um, going out to eat, like exploring that it's difficult now because we can't do that. Right. And then we haven't gone through a phase like that where we're all apart. Whereas like my middle school, high school friends, they've, we've been through so many stages in life. Right. And so, um, that's one of the things I think with our group that like I struggle with because I'm not used to, you know, still connecting with you all now with other friends I am, but with you, all, I guess it's like, kind of like the start of a new friendship, right? Because I've known you all to be like, we're all in the same place. We're all able to connect. And it's not so much, um, it's not as easy to do that now, right? Um, And so I think for me, when it comes to like the now with us, it's like starting a new friendship. It's like getting to know, know, getting to know um, you all like in your current spaces it's almost like getting to know somebody new right because mm-hmm. i think there there was a lot that maybe um that, that that went unnoticed because we were in the midst of partying and hanging out and this is for me because i didn't have 
the relationship that you all had with each other. But um, yeah, it's 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 like yeah, I'm I'm getting to know you all <laughs> in a new in a new light, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's just I want to know what you mean though, because I'm like because <laughs> well, because yeah, what you mean? I think us in a new light. <laughs> well, because I think it's like I feel like the basis of our friendship was having a good time, right? And I think we did. Where Rashawn and I had like deeper conversations, but it was based on where we were in our lives at the time. And so now that our lives have changed, um, conversations are going to look different, right? And I think I touched on this in one mm-hmm. of our episodes, mm-hmm. or maybe it was in one of our conversations. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on the podcast. But one mm-hmm. of the things that I'm learning now, being married, I'm learning how to navigate friendships being married because, um, and I'm going through this with all of my friends. It's not just you all, where um, I have to discern like who to tell and who not to tell certain things. Um, I have to discern how I'm going to spend my time with my friends. Like, you know, I'm not going to be able to go to everything like I used to be able to. Um, and so that's currently the space that I'm at, not only with you all, like I said, with my friends, but then I also realized that my friends from middle school, I only have one from middle school, but from middle school and then high school, um, I gravitate towards them more because we've gone through so many stages, right? We've gone from, you know, going off to college or, you know, we've gone, we've experienced distance. Um, We've experienced life changes, debate, like having children, having, getting married, um, going through different careers, just we've gone through so much. So I have a solid foundation. Like I know what to expect from them, right? Um, But then- Everyone after that phase, like from the high school, even with college, like I'm experiencing that because most of the people that I went to college with, we all went back to the DMV, right? And so we were still able to hang out with each other. We have an experienced distance. And so um, it's it's difficult because it's like, like I said, I, I'm getting to know some people in a new light. Um, not to say like, you know, like there's something about you that I didn't know before, but I think it's just going to a deeper level, um, than kind of just like hanging out and having fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's redefining. And I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. to hear your perspective on like where we are now, Mm -hmm. particularly like how you're describing it, I guess, because as a person who has experienced that distance with friends, like I went to college, in a different area and those college friends, none of them moved here. Like mm-hmm. you all have moved. All of my friends have moved. I don't like my closest friends live in Boston, which is why I do travel a lot um, because I, my closest friends don't live here. Uh, I think it's more like a redefining because mm-hmm. I still, f- I feel like you can still do those things that are the basis of your friendship. The base of your friendship are, is hanging out and having a good time, yeah, you might not be able to do that every weekend, but if that's a solid friendship that you value, you redefine it because now mm-hmm. it's no longer every weekend or, you know, whatever the frequency was. Now it might be once a year, you know, like mm-hmm. when when you are able to um, set time out to say, girl, let's go do a girl's weekend where we do have that. You know, I think, I, 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 I think it is, um, like you said, getting... T- your cha- your friendship is changing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so you are learning 
your friendship in this new space of what mm-hmm. that is. I also think, um, like you said, when we're having conversations and we're talking, um, I think, and this is something that I don't know if people would agree with because I've never been married, but I feel like that's an adjustment that I've seen for many people mm-hmm. and marriage becomes, your marriage becomes such a central focus of your life. And it does change sometimes who you are, um, you know, and I think that if if your friends aren't married or if you don't feel comfortable, um, you know, kind of like go like bringing them in or whatever, then you do lose that connection because mm-hmm. there's a huge part of yourself that you're not sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that that also um, changes changes the friendship, and it it, it almost mm-hmm. it almost reduces it to just we just hang out and we have a good time mm-hmm. because it's really hard to like connect. And so I think that that's that's how I I like to look at it as like redefining. I like that um, word, yeah. Like redefining the friendship because you know. Yeah, we're, you're trying to figure out like where do we still connect? Do I still enjoy mm-hmm. that connection? Mm-hmm. You know, and if if it is something that contributes to my happiness, then how do how do I fit it in? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, for me, communication is just that much more important because mm-hmm. we talked about this on self love uh, <laughs> when we had Shelly Shelly Sunshine. Um, you know, just communicating mm-hmm. like, okay, this is kind of my schedule or whatever. You don't have mm-hmm. to be serious, but like, you know, I got 70% here for mm-hmm. marriage. I got 20% here for me and I got 10% <laughs> for mm-hmm. other things. And some of those things overlap because like, like you said, your friends that are married or have been married, have children when you were first met us, you were close with them, but not in the same proximity with us because they were in that phase. But Mm -hmm. now that you're in that phase, you are able to gravitate. You Mm -hmm. are like, it kind of brings you back, you know, and that's like what friendships do, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though our friendship might be um, like how we add to each other's happiness might just be an escape from your marriage, from Mm -hmm. your everyday life, from Chicago, from mm-hmm. Jersey, you know, from work, like, you know, like that might be it to just reground us as just who we are as people. Um, when we have children, that will probably bring us back together closer again. Or, mm-hmm. you know, when I get married, amen. Yes. You know, yes. Speak we'll, it. <laughs> yes. You know, we'll, we'll have that. We'll have that too. Um, and I, I think sometimes you, we just have, I know for me, when my friendships have changed, I've had to really sit down and just really think about like, because I'm, I'm the only person that can like make me happy. I'm also the only mm-hmm. person that knows best about what it is I need at the time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, okay, my focus is where. And that's where my focus is. That's where my focus is. (laughs) And I think the friendships that survive are those that can recognize that 
and not hold it against you, but be there mm. to just walk alongside you through that journey. Sarah Jakes Roberts also has a sermon, Redefining, mm -hmm. um, where she does a little clip about friendships. And, you know, she mm. said that last are the ones that are able to redefine through distance, mm -hmm. through various changes in life. Mm -hmm. But some people don't. Some people want you to be 2012 Christy, to be mm -hmm. 2012 Courtney. You know what I mean? People want you to be stuck in that because that's how you fit into them. But you're not going to be 2000. We're not going to be 2012 right. 2000, yeah. uh, in 2021. We almost 10, you know, like, <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, think, um, I think redefining is a good term. I also think mm -hmm. it's like, I think what I feel is we are, we're actually in the phase of like establishing an adult friendship, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I mean that by, I think when we first all met, we were, we were young, we were excited about life and like, not saying that we're not excited about life now and not saying that we're not young now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as you become, as you grow, you start to establish your friendships in your adult life. And mm -hmm. that looks different every time you elevate or make changes in your life or whatever and I think part of it is when you start to redefine who you are you start to identify like how does this friendship serve me or how does this friendship you know pour into where I'm at and sometimes it's just identifying like we were this then and this is where we are now and mm -hmm. you know this is how we serve each other in friendship and it might not be you know, even the going out once a year might just be like, hey, like, I know this event, like, this is something we're all interested in. We're going to meet mm -hmm. up, you know, this time and do this. Or we're going to go on a quick vacation to, like, relax and, like, not do anything. Or we're going to have a deep conversation about something. So it doesn't, like, th I think sometimes we, in this phase, we're reestablishing our friendships in, like, a different phase of adult life. And mm -hmm. as you start to, like, we just re I think we're all in a space too. And Christy, like with getting married, you're redefining who you are as the as a mm -hmm. wife. Like, um, mm -hmm. I think that's important. Like, you know, with I'm, me going to therapy, I'm redefining who I am. You know, thirty plus, and like Rashawn is mm -hmm. redefining who she is in her life about things that are important to her. And then mm -hmm. sometimes you don't always meet in the middle of friendship. Sometimes it's kind of like, all right, we're all here. And we still have that connection that 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 loops us together, that thread that binds mm -hmm. us together. But it may not be as thick as it was before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay too to say, like, you know, we might not be right. as close as we used to be, but we're still connected, mm -hmm. and we still find ways to bring that thread back through us and connect us together. So I think that's kind of how I look at it. Where we are, I think we're all just reestablishing our friendship, you know, individually and and as a group. And I think that's important. I think closeness is relative too. And that's something that I'm learning. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I don't like, I guess, because when we when we try to measure like the closeness or the depth of the connection, we are comparing ourselves to where we were in 2012. 2012 yeah. is not 2012 is gone. Okay. Mm -hmm. We didn't have 2013. Like so I don't even think it makes sense to like try to measure it. I think it's just like 
we're close. And what it means to be close right now is that this this is what it means. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I also don't know that like so much of Chrissy said, like she's like um her drink, the shenanigans tea, right? Like the 2012 1000 Club is not what I need today in 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like if that was what was being offered right now. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> we might not have a what the I might not be in the one thousand. I'm like I'm still living my life on one thousand. But I just so when like you like like you said, when you're working on where you are today, you think about what it is that you need and you call those things into your life. And so what I need right now in terms of friendship are people that support me, people that show up for me, people that celebrate me, you know, people that think about me. And so that's when I lead. Um, in terms of my friendships, you know, and as Christy said, you, it's, it's like, you know, as your friendships change and it's not even, and the funny thing is, it's not even your friendships change. It's you change. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. You change. <laughs> and any relationship, like you're right. going to yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. like you change and by, because you change. Your relationships change, mm-hmm. um, so it's like, yeah. So that that's kind of how I look at it, um, and some, and I'm, and I, I say that to say that that journey of accepting uh, that something is different or someone is different, and so that does impact your friendship is not always an easy journey, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the piece that you ultimately come to is that. We're still friends. We're still close. Um, and my close with each of you is different mm-hmm. than even it was, even what it was in 2012. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's better or worse, you know, it's just these are the things that I have. And yeah, I think that that is that, that is that. And I would also add just really quickly some of the difficulty. I know for for me is that I put a lot of um, uh, expectations on my friends, which is probably which also can you know feel like pressure because I'm not a person that necessarily, or I was not a person that was open to letting new people in and kind of just understanding people as they were. Um, I was very much like either we all friends or we not like it's all or nothing with me um, or that's how it was. And so what you have to realize is one or two people can't be everything for you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that they can contribute to the things that you need, you know. So if I'm saying I need encouragement, Christy can't be my whole basket of encouragement. You know, Mm -hmm. but she can put a drop in there, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's fine because then I'm going to get a drop from Courtney. I'm going to get a drop from other friends. And if I don't, if my basket still isn't full, that means that there's still room to put more drop, you know, to beat new people, to put more drops. Um, Mm -hmm. And so 
that's that's how I I operate. And then once it's full, then yes, you know, I'm I'm full, and I have full relationships with everyone, mm-hmm. even if. <clears throat> One person puts one drop, someone else might put 10 drops. It doesn't matter because I'm the point is for the basket to be full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, this conversation is good because I think sometimes as you get older, particularly with female friendships, when they start to change, you can get afraid that you're that you are losing a piece of you because you connect. Like there's something that connects you with that person that you feel is so strong that if you're losing that person, you're losing this piece of you. But like you all have said, it's about redefining and reevaluating and restructuring what that friendship looks like to still create space for that friendship and not feel like you were saying, Rashana, with the expectations, not feeling like that person has to be everything that they were to you, but they can be something and still be a part of your life without feeling like, you know, you're losing the entire friendship or you're losing yourself, you're losing, you know, whatever you feel like is binding you to that person. I'm just taking it in because I think I'm in a different direction <laughs> than you all. I totally, I like the word of redirection. Um, and um, I forgot, Courtney, you said another word. I can't remember. But I like establishing. Reestablishing. I like that. But I, I very much am, like I said, I have to take a step back from some of my friendships and um I do have to look back. I have to look back at um my friendships over the years and then the now because I think I have overlooked and this is not particularly with you all and this is not to anyone in in general but I think because like I said back then and even now I'm very much of a person that's like you cool, you like to have a good time, like we can hang, you know what I'm saying? And I think in doing that, I've overlooked maybe some qualities or overlooked some things in people that over all of these years to at this point that I'm at now have not been um, most effective for me and not helpful to me. Um, and And these are not necessarily things, you know, can you give some examples? <laughs> I guess because you know I've um you know I've been in relationships where you know um and you can give an example if it's one of us if if you have an example no, not, I mean this yeah. is a, just an overall general is not pointed to any no that's what I'm saying like, if you want to be specific, but I, yeah like, I've been in like a relationship where um the boyfriend at the time didn't particularly care for a friend or had start, you know, noted certain things about a friend. Um, I've had other people, other friends, um, or even my mom that may have noticed like, or said certain things about friends and I've overlooked it. I'm just like, Oh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I've overlooked a lot, um, in certain friendships and then it, present day, I guess distance also causes you to be more reflective, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think as I think about certain things that are said, um, certain situations, um, how perhaps a friend talks about another friend. um, And I think it's also had me to look at myself, right? And how I conduct my friendships and um, how I carry my conversations. But I think all of that causes me to take a step back and like I said 
look at, okay, who am I going to draw closer to um, in this next phase of life, like where I am right now? Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the phase that I'm in. Like, um, like, like I said, I'm a person who, I don't know if I'm very trusting cause I'm, I'm very skeptical of people. Even I might act like I'm not, but I'm very skeptical. <laughs> um, and, um, but I am a person who's like, like I said, I've gone on trips this year for people I didn't really know. So, like I'm that person that's like you seem like you're a decent person I'm gonna hang out with you right but Mm -hmm. then there's like beyond that and actually having like a meaningful friendship and getting everything that you need um I think that's where it's like I gotta take a step back I gotta change maybe how I establish friendships instead of it's just like all right, you cool. We can hang out or we can travel. Like, and maybe it's just that. I think we have friends for different reasons, right? Right. Yeah. We have friends for different reasons, but I think, um, you also need like your core circle of friends that you can really count on as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think for me that's changed versus back then where I don't know if I really considered all of these things about my friendships or where I thought I had like 12 close friends. I don't think that so much anymore, right? And so um yeah, that that's kind of where that's how it's going now for me. Um I think and I'm, I'm still, I mean, and listening to you all like I said it it helps me kind of um continue to look at things and reevaluate, um, my friendships and my relationships. Um, but yeah, you all have helped me out today. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I also think like you were saying, I think the big thing that also can like aid in that is just like the distance, like when your friendships, like when there's distance in your friendships in terms of like when we were all together, we were all in one place. And then as you kind of move, like, restructuring your friendships to know that traveling is important and phone calls are important. These things are important. then you start to identify like, is this something I want to do with this person? And sometimes that's, and sometimes you might say no. And sometimes you might say, maybe this is as far as I want to go. Or sometimes you're like, absolutely. So I think that's, that's a part of it too. Just also because like we, we are friends in different places. So we talk Mm -hmm. a lot about like the importance of staying, you know, connected. And that's a big piece of it. Um, right. just identifying, you know, what you're willing to do and, and what's important to you, um, and how to keep that friendship connected. Yeah. 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 I'm over here thinking because I've, where, where you are, Christy, I feel like that is where I was in 2020 and mm. the beginning of 2021, mm. uh, because ultimately, um, you know, there are certain times in life where, you are very consumed with yourself, honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and all you can really do is focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you start to begin to look around and it's like, am I getting this type of support or I can't focus on you right now? You know, and Mm -hmm. someone might feel slighted because that is how your friendship operated. Like you were their person and you listened and whatever. But right now that type of setup is no longer serving you, mm-hmm. you know, and that like it doesn't. And so um where I am now is 
I don't even necessarily feel like I need a core group of friends. Mm-hmm. Like I like I I I have just sort of removed that because mm-hmm. when I started to really think about my friends, honestly, I just felt very unfulfilled by all of my friendships. Mm-hmm. Like there there was something that was unfulfilling about every single one. Um, but that when I just like I said, and I took those expectations off, then it's allowed me to enjoy my friendships differently. You know, I enjoy mm-hmm. my friendship with Courtney for what it is, which is something that is beautiful, always growing. I enjoy mm-hmm. my friendship with you, Christy, for what it is, which mm-hmm. is something like that is beautiful, <laughs> that mm-hmm. is that it is what it is. It 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 will grow because we're growing. You know, I enjoy that, you know, I can just send a text message out. And I actually did this for my birthday this year. Normally, you know, for my birthday, um, I always have all these grand plans. And um, because my birthday is very important to me, I said that again, you know, I'm gonna say it again here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very important to me. Uh, and I have, you know, we have like a week in the plans and I have guest lists and I'm making all the arrangements and blah, blah, blah. And so this year I was like, Okay, I'm doing exactly what I want to do because normally I try to plan where it's like I think about everybody. Who can do what? Who's going to come to what? How am I going to get to see everybody? But that's really not the point of my birthday. So this year I just plan exactly what I wanted to do and I put it on Facebook. I didn't even text anybody. I just mm-hmm. put it on Facebook like I'm going to South Carolina. These are the types of things I want to do. If you're interested, let me know. And that led to like a very interesting group, you know, like Courtney was there, um, but I had another friend, my sorority sister, Malika, and then I have another friend from college that doesn't live um, too far away. And we went and I had a really great time. And because let's say Malika and Courtney might not, when I was thinking about my core, you know, they weren't in my core, they probably wouldn't have been invited, but I greatly enjoyed spending time with the both of them that I wouldn't have done if I just wasn't open to allowing friendships to be what they are. You know, Malika and I are not talking every day, hanging out types of friends, but I enjoyed that she was ready and down to go to South Carolina. We had great conversations. Courtney, other Courtney, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it was just really good. So I don't, I just have totally removed that. I don't need no core friend group because I'm the core with God is, is my core. You know, Mm -hmm. I think when I get married, that will be an extension of my core. Mm -hmm. Um, but that will be it, you know, and everything else outside of that, you know, children that will be a part of my core because that will come from that cord. Right. Mm -hmm. But like everything else, I just enjoy it for what it is. I cannot think about what it is. And I, I say that to say something you mentioned, which is funny about like things you overlook. And mm-hmm. that happens so many times in friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and there are things sometimes even, this, there's, there's things about everybody that you're friends with, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, but some things you see and because it hasn't been directed towards you, mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, la, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of hope, you kind of hope that like, because I'm that good of a friend to this person because I have given them no reason to 
do this thing or be this way with me, that it will never happen. But the truth of the matter is, is that really is a part of that person. And eventually it's going to show up, you know? And so even in those situations, what I have chosen to do, I've had to decide. And I think you said, I don't know if you said this on the podcast, but um, it's really just about what you can, what you can live with and what you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are certain things <laughs> with people that you're like, I can live with this. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to do it again. Um, even if, you know, they apologize or whatever, it doesn't mean that this is not going to show up again. Chances are it probably will because this is who this person is. But you have to decide if this shows up again, can you deal with this? And, you know, can you still really love that person to really love that person? Meaning I love all of you, even the parts that I really don't like. And so that mm-hmm. that's also what I have learned with friendships and relationships is that, you know, you have to love that person. And then you can you can change how you deal with it, you Mm -hmm. can then change like how you associate with that person, what you tell that person, what you involve them in, you know, so you can avoid those things from happening again, you know, but one thing I was reminded is that you, you already knew, (laughs) you know, you already knew these things. And so it's just your Mm -hmm. turn. You know, if it, if that's what it feels like. You know, it's just your turn. Like, sadly, it's just your turn. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and, and there's sometimes that you cannot. You realize that is something that I can't live with. That's something I don't want to live with. I don't want to be around that. And and the reason I say you have to, you have to decide to move forward with that person is because you can express that to the person and the person be like, you know, I'm working on myself or, you know, I'm not going to do that again. I understand mm-hmm. that hurt you. But the truth of the matter is, is that's just a part of who that person is. Mm-hmm. And they might be working on themselves. They might not do it maliciously. They might not do it again maliciously. But chances are there might be a threat. <laughs> that's a hard. That's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's also what I've what I've had to realize. And if your friendship changes, you know, most of the time that person knows that they it's changed because there's something that I just can't do with. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, we're going to um, get ready to wrap up this discussion. Um, this has been really good. I've, I've got a lot from you all. Um, Rashawn, if you can put up the picture of us now. Um, and I'm going to ask if we could just each give a giveaway, um, about how we move forward in friendships, not only just in our friendship, but as we continue to be in this adulting phase, um, and just dealing with all of life's transitions and all that life throws at us, how to maintain our friendships. How about you start? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm going to say, um, you know, what I took from today is um, redefining friendships. And I think I'm thankful for you all. I'm thankful for the podcast because I think right now in this phase of my life, this works for me and our connection um, because I have shared. I am working on me and working on my family. Um, and so right now I don't have a whole lot to give my friends, whereas I, I have given a lot to my friends in the past where I've um, a lot of a lot of time to give to my friends in the past. And so right now I'm dedicating a lot of my time and effort into um, me and my family. So um, just, uh, you know, thankful for this podcast. And, um, you know, I know we'll continue to redefine our friendship as our lives continue to change. And then I would encourage anybody else who's going through transitions, whether it's a move or marriage or babies or a career or whatever it may be, um, to continue to, um, put in the work to maintain your friendships, but also, you know, do it in a way that you can also um, work on yourself um, because you come first. But um, do whatever the necessary is to um, maintain those friendships that really mean a lot to you. Yeah, I think I'm going with um, um, intentionality and prioritization. And so I think that for any person, you have to, how we move forward is number one, prioritizing ourselves individually. Um, Because that is the only piece that matters. (laughs) Um, And if you don't invest and sow seed into yourself, then you're not going to be any good to anybody else, any other friendship. And so prioritize yourself. And then being intentional um, means really thinking about what it is you need, being intentional about communicating that, um, being intentional about just being okay with that, which I think you do when you prioritize. Um, similarly, like you said, Christy, I do, I really do enjoy this podcast because outside of here, I am working on myself, you know, and one thing that I know would be frustrating to me, which is unnecessary energy is trying to be more than what we're able to be, you know, which is the podcast right now that would lead to like constant disappointment frustration. And like I said, that's energy that I'm really not trying to invite into my space. And so I think that when you are intentional about preserving your friendship at, at all costs, then you lead, like, you lead with love, you know, and you lead with grace and you lead with understanding and you lead with supporting your friends through all phases of their life at the place that they need you to support them at. Because we don't get to define that. Only the person going back to prioritizing can define how they best need um, support at any time. So that would be my suggestion. And I'm going to remove this photo so we can see Courtney for her answer. 
You're on mute. I know, I'm mute. <laughs> Sorry. No, my eyelashes is like, uh, it's been irritating my eye. And like, anyway. Um, I would say my give take away is um, something Roshana said, like, don't pigeonhole your friendships into being one way. Um, and then allow yourself space to let your friendships be reestablished and uh, redefined and allow yourself to grow to allow your friendships to grow. Um, and that means, you know, changing friendships or reestablishing friendships or ending friendships or, um, you know, deepening friendships, whatever that means for you at that time, allow yourself the space to do that. Um, and don't, don't get stuck on, just don't get stuck on, you know, <laughs> like Roshana said, the 2012 group is not what we need in 2022. So let that, let that be what it was when it was and allow your friendships to be what it is right now. So that is my give takeaway. Sorry guys, I'm on my eyes today. It's gross. Um, <laughs> with that said, we want to thank you all for listening to the 1000 Club podcast again. And as always, you can find us, our next episode drops on December 2nd. Um, and then as we're recording today, I do want to send a happy Veterans Day out to everyone. Today's Veterans Day that we are recording on. Um, so thank you to all those who have served and who are continuously serving in our military um, and protecting borders. So happy Veterans Day to everyone. Our next episode, oh, okay. Okay, before we get to that, <laughs> don't forget we have some announcements. If you haven't got your ticket from, from brunch to launch, it's Saturday, January 8th, 2022. You can get the full brunch, which is very limited, so be mindful. You know, everybody can't get the full brunch, all right? But if you want the full brunch, it's $105. If you want to do the virtual launcher, it's $75. Both guests get an amazing, amazing box of stuff, of launching kits, um, information and all of that. So it's an amazing, an amazing event that I believe if you are looking, oh, if you are looking, if you're looking to, to launch, come to the event, you can find the link in our bio at the 1000 club, or you can go to vocalactionllc.com slash invest for tickets. Um, so definitely check that out. Make sure you go and get your tickets for From Brunch to Launch. Our next episode drops December 2nd, 2021. Um, and you can see our episodes every other Thursday. You can listen on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you want to see us, see our facial expressions, see our laughs, see our beautiful faces. Because we do put some effort into our face to make sure that we show up for y'all. Okay? So watch us. Watch us. Okay? Come see our faces. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, and our YouTube channel. And as always, you can DM us for topics that you would like us to discuss. You can leave comments. You can give us feedback because we are definitely always open to knowing how we can connect better with you all, our listeners, and our viewers. And with that said, this conversation was amazing. I love how we can just be open and honest and get real deep, real world relevant because that's where we are this season with our friendship and with our listeners. So with that, ladies, 1000 Club. 